Welcome. We're glad you're here this morning. This uh, week, we are closing up, as you've heard, uh, our series on the Lord's Prayer. Now, you may remember back in 2002, there is this book that came out by a pastor named Rick Warren called The Purpose Driven Life. And now a lot of churches back in 2002, so we're coming up on 20 years, believe it or not, that that, that came out. And, and churches around North America and beyond did these church-wide campaigns, meaning they had sermon series where they would speak messages about it. They had small group studies. People in the congregation were reading the book all together. And, and now I wasn't here in 2002, but, but did West Meadows jump on that at the time? Did a church-wide campaign? Yeah, I see some nods. I, I figured there was a good chance because most churches did that. Now, if you've read the book, or if you were part of a church that did the campaign, do you remember the opening words of that book? It's not about you. Exactly. Profound words that set the tone for the whole book. And actually, when we look at the Lord's Prayer, the Lord's Prayer essentially opens and closes with the same sentiment. It's not about us. We've been learning about that the last couple of weeks. We've been learning about how the Lord's Prayer is kind of these two parts. The first part is this introduction with three petitions that are intended to focus our hearts and our minds upon God before we bring anything else up in prayer, to, to focus our hearts and minds upon Him by focusing first upon His awesomeness, about who it is to whom we are speaking, about the fact that, that His kingdom is here and now. The presence and power of His kingdom can be experienced today in the world around us about the fact that he has a will for who he wants us to be, but it's not just about what we are to do, it's about the who and the do of God's will in our lives. But, but then he does invite us to bring some of our petitions to him. It's, it's not wrong for us to, to bring our concerns, but, but that comes next, after we've focused upon God. And we talked about how we can then bring before him our daily needs, like, like Lord, there's there's these things that I'm, I'm lacking, I'm fearful of, I'm not sure about today, Lord. Lord, I need these things today from you. Hunger, help me to hunger for you, Lord. Things like forgiveness. Lord, I, I need to grant forgiveness. I, I need to receive forgiveness, Lord. About areas where, where God, I, I know that I fail and I'm weak in these areas. I, I'm, I feel more often than I ought to. Lord, I, I confess to you that I'm weak and I need your strength and your power. Don't lead me into temptation, Lord, but deliver me from that by the power of God. And then after we get to the end of that petition, we find ourselves today at the end of the prayer where we return to where we started, focusing upon God. Because after all, it's all about him. It's not about us at the end of the day. I want to show you what I mean by that. I want to invite you if, you, if you have your Bibles with you, if you have a Bible app, to, to open up to, to Matthew chapter 6, verse 13. I'll give you a second to do it. If you didn't bring one with you, good news, in the pew in front of you is a Bible, and you can find this on page 787. I'll give you a second to flip to that. Matthew chapter 6, verse 13. And what I want us to do is all together in unison, to start reading, Matthew 6, verse 13 and, and can we get the house lights up a little bit? It seems a little dark from where I am. Anyways, I got wonderful spotlights on me. <laughs> and, uh, and we're going to read this in unison together, and you'll see, what, you'll see what I mean. Okay, so Matthew 6, verse 13. We're going to go back to what we covered last week a bit and then continue on from there because that's part of verse 13 as well. So all together, and do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one, for yours is the king... 
I, I lost some of you there. For yours is the kingdom, the power, no? Who's with me still? For yours is the kingdom, the power, and the glory. For, some of us are out there. Do some of you not have that in your Bibles? You better send that back to the publisher. What's going on there? Well, let me explain to you what's happening here. You see, if you have a version of the Bible that, that ends right there, you have a more modern translation, something like the New International Version, the ESV, the NLT, uh, or a more modern version of the Bible. If you continue to read right along with me, you have an older version, like the King James Version, that was published and translated about 400 years ago. Now, the difference that's taking place here is they were written based upon different manuscripts of the time. Now, the way Bibles get translated, as we probably are somewhat familiar, we start with the original source content in, in the Greek or the Hebrew, and then they translate it to English, and then that goes through different revisions throughout the years. Now, some people think that we started with the Greek, went to the King James, and then the King James was translated into English. The, the modern versions are not a translation of the New King James. See, what happened was 400 years ago when the King James Version was translated, they used the manuscripts that were best of the time. In the past 400 years, they've made additional discoveries, and they found manuscripts that are closer to the original source content. Those manuscripts were used for the more modern translations. Now, in those closer-to-source manuscripts, they didn't include that final phrase. And so we end up with this challenge, do they include it, do they not include it? Now, if you have a more modern translation, it actually is in your Bible. It's a footnote. Remember in, in college, we had to footnote everything? So they're actually footnoted. You probably will look at the bottom of your page, and you'll see there's a footnote that does include that final phrase. But it's going to include a note that says this is not included in some of the more recent manuscripts that they've discovered. Now, I'm not going to get into a discussion here about which ones are superior. I'm going to tell you that in this particular case, I think that this particular petition, this conclusion to the prayer should be included. That this is a part where the King James Version did get it right. And there's a few reasons I believe that. And really quickly, a few I want to share with you is that, number one, when we look back at church tradition, we can see from the practice of church tradition, going right back to the very early church, that this seems to be a regular part of their practice, that when they recited the Lord's Prayer, they included this in their regular practice. Secondly, theologically, contextually, it completely fits with the theme of the entire prayer. So it doesn't cause any problems that way. It's in keeping with the purpose of the prayer. But thirdly, if we don't include that any part, that means that verse 13, and therefore the entire Lord's Prayer ends with emphasis upon the evil one, which would just be weird, wouldn't it? Kind of odd to end a prayer, giving you know, prayer to God, talking and thinking about, about Satan. That'd be a, a, an awkward way to end the prayer. And then finally, it, it's just odd to not have a conclusion, isn't it? It's like somebody telling you a joke that doesn't have a punchline or, or somebody giving you a, a mystery novel, but they've ripped out the last chapter. So you never quite figure out who'd done it in the end. Or in this case, if you're sitting in a group of people praying and, and everyone's praying and contributing, but then suddenly silence and people just start walking away. Nobody said amen. And we might start to vibrate a little bit because you have to say amen before, before we're done, especially if we have OCD. That might make us a little bit tense. So, we're going to include it in our series, and we're going to conclude the Lord's Prayer today by focusing upon this closing petition. 
We're not going to just finally conclude our sermon series. We're also going to be finishing up another great year of ministry here at West Meadows. Because we enter into our summer series next week, where we'll be spending the summer going through many of the parables of Jesus. And so I hope you'll come back and join us for that starting next week. But as we wrap up this great series and this great year of ministry, we want to do so by looking back on examples of where this year we have seen God's kingdom expanded, where we've seen his power revealed, and where we have had opportunity to honor his glory. Because in the end, it's all about him, not about us. So as we begin, we begin by considering how the kingdom of God has been expanded this past year here at West Meadows. Now you recall back in week two, back in week two of the series, we covered the petition, may your kingdom come and, and, and exist on earth as it is in heaven. And the main, one of the main points we covered in this particular petition is that the kingdom of God has this now but not yet aspect to it. You see, Jesus came announcing the kingdom of God is here now. The kingdom of God has come near to all of you now, meaning everybody had the opportunity to now become part of, to become a citizen of the kingdom of God. That was a present reality then as it is for us now. And as Jesus announced that, what he was saying is that all people who accept his sacrifice, his forgiveness made possible through his death and resurrection, all people who accept that and surrender their lives to to live according to his will and to his ways become citizens of that kingdom of God now. However, the kingdom of God is not yet fully revealed. And we can see that by looking at the world around us. We know that there are other kingdoms that God has permitted to exist for the time being. There is a day in the future where all other kingdoms will be defeated and only the kingdom of God will remain. But for now, he has permitted other kingdoms to exist. What is the purpose of allowing that to happen? We have the ability to access it now, but it's not fully revealed yet. You see, in the middle here is a mission. It's a mission for those of us who are now part of the kingdom of God. And that mission is familiar to us. We, we find that in Matthew chapter 28, verses 19 to 20, known as the, as the Great Commission, where Jesus said to all of his disciples who were at that time now present kingdom, uh, citizens of his kingdom, he says, all of you who are citizens of the kingdom now, go. Go and make disciples in this in-between period. Go and do that now. How do you do it? By baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything that I have commanded you. That's the mission that's given to all of us who are citizens of the kingdom now, that others may become part of the kingdom, and the kingdom would expand. This is the basis of the mission statement that we have here at West Meadows, that we are inviting people to experience a life that is better with Jesus. And we do that One primary way we do that is by establishing meaningful relationship with the world around us and the people among us. So that as we enter into these authentic relationships, we can share the grace, truth, and love of Jesus Christ in community with them. And so I want to share with you some examples today. I want to share with you some examples of how that has been accomplished this past year here at West Meadows. So I want to invite the first group, if they come up on the platform here, join me up here. And as they come, I want to personally tell you about one that that Nadine and I were involved in. And that is in the Alpha program that we ran this past January. Now, Alpha is a program where people who are curious about the Christian faith have questions, have doubts, are skeptical. People who need to grow deeper in understanding the basic tenets of the Christian faith can come and ask any questions they want. And we get together for a period of time over about 13 weeks or so. 
and we have a meal together to start off and build some relationships. We watch a video, and then we have a discussion group afterwards for about a 13-week period. This past uh, semester, we had a regular attendance of about 13 people who came out, and out of those 13 people, about half of them either made rededications of their lives to Christ, they had been wandering away and recommitted themselves to Christ, or we had a few people who actually made first-time professions of faith. And we've had the opportunity to baptize some of those people. If you recall, in the last couple of weeks, we've been able to baptize some of those people in our services here as well. So we've seen the kingdom of God expanded through this incredible program that reaches out to those who have questions and need a place where they can ask them in a safe environment. And so I just want to encourage you and invite you as well to consider if there's somebody in your life that you think would, would benefit from having a place to ask those questions that needs to, to maybe have answers that you aren't able to provide yourself, that Alpha could be the place for them. We're doing it again this fall, and there'll be opportunities and uh, promotion coming up in the weeks ahead where you can get involved with, uh, with that as well. So another one I want to talk to you about, I forgot to advance my slide here, that's okay. Another one I want to invite you to hear about is, is Paul, who's going to come forward. Uh, Paul, our recently retired chairman of the board, <laughs> trying on a new hat here this morning. So, and Paul's going to tell you about one of our community events. We have four community events we're doing throughout the year. One is tomorrow, Canada Day Pancake Breakfast, but there's another one at Easter that, uh, that Paul was a part of, and we just want him to share a bit of his experience with that. Yeah, so uh, for those of you who don't know what uh, extravaganza is all about, it's uh, more than just a difficult word to spell. It's uh, a big event where uh, we invite the community um, to have an Easter egg hunt that's quite epic. Uh, we feed them a lunch, we have some carnival games, we do face painting, we just love on our community around us. And uh, we've seen a terrific response to this, and so that's been very encouraging to us. And uh, I wasn't able to be involved last year. Um, I was on call and wasn't able to, and had to work. Um, but this year I was able to be involved, and I was inspired to be involved after seeing all the pictures from last year, and it looked like such an amazing event, and I was, I was amazed at the response that I saw in the pictures last year. Well, this year I was one of 70 volunteers that inv were involved in it, and uh, saw the numbers go up again, and uh, it was just exciting to be a part of that. There were 70 volunteers, roughly, uh, about 1,600 people came, so you can see the ratio is pretty low, so, uh, so we still can use more volunteers, and I encourage you, if you haven't gotten involved in, in that or the, the pancake breakfast tomorrow, to just come on out to that, because that's a great opportunity for you to just interact with the community around us. So the question this morning is, uh, how do these events advance the kingdom of God? And, and I, was, as I was thinking about this this week, I turned to John chapter 4, and after Jesus has ministered to the Samaritan woman, uh, the disciples come to him and they say, oh, you know, you haven't eaten, you know, this is important, and, and you're not doing important things. And he ties it back to where does your food come from and, and draws this analogy um, about the harvest. And he says, my food, said Jesus, is to do the will of him who sent me and to finish his work. Don't you have a saying, it's still four months until harvest? I tell you, open your eyes and look at the fields. They're ripe for harvest. Even now, the one who reaps draws a wage and harvests a crop for eternal life, so that the sower and the reaper may be glad together. Thus the saying, one sows and another reaps is true. I sent you to reap what you have not worked for. Others have done the hard work, and you have reaped the benefits of their labor. So Jesus uses this analogy of a crop 
the cycle of uh, sowing and harvesting uh, to, to make a point to his disciples that they are in this season of harvesting and they're enjoying the benefits, but someone has gone before them and has, has done all the sowing. When you think of that analogy and you think of what, what happens in the sowing process, that is where the hard work is. And I, I really view extravaganza as, as that sowing process. It's prepping the soil. It's making sure you've got enough nutrients in there. It's putting those seeds down with faith that something's going to come of those. And if any of you are, are gardening this season, I'm sure you're looking at those seeds and hoping, is that a leaf? And you're all excited about that. Um, that, is, that is the faith of sowing, is that we need to start doing that work of prepping. And we need to have faith that the work that we do uh, in those ways of just loving on other people, that God will, God will add to that and bring us forth a harvest. Uh, I was very happy to see our numbers grow this year. I think that shows that we're starting to place uh, this event in the calendars of our community around us, that it's becoming, uh, as it becomes a family tradition for them, I think that gives us a great opportunity to speak into the lives of our community around them, around us and to speak faith into that equation. Um, C.S. Lewis wrote in 1952, do not waste time bothering whether you love your neighbor Act as if you do, and you will presently come to love him. I would encourage you to just get involved in some of these outreach events. Um, I'm, I'm going over time here, so I'm not going to share my story, but there's, there's just opportunities when you come into contact with people in our community that, um, that allow you to love them as you go through the motions of loving them, as you go through doing things for them without knowing them, as you come to know them and start to get to know their stories, it's much easier to be engaged in the love of Jesus and to share the love of Jesus with them. Um, but you need, we need to take that step of faith first and really step out and uh, take that first step of just acting uh, in a way of love. And then as we get to know people, that love becomes genuine and, and real, and God speaks through that. Thank you so much, Paul, for sharing that. Hello, my name is Zach. Um, so. For my area, I just wanted to kind of give you uh, an overview of what we do for young adults and specifically in connect groups. And, and we have a number of different we, groups throughout the church. We throw around these terms like connect group. And so let's just first define what that is so we have a common understanding of what connect groups are. Um, so simply put, connect groups are a place for us to connect. Um, these groups are based around stage of life, such as young families, seniors, young adults, stuff like that. Um, and they're a great place for you to invite your friends to because they're largely activity-based um, and they're casual and they're free for you to come and go and there's no pressure because it, it's not like you're missing out on anything because they're just they're activity-based and you're not missing out. Um, inviting people to a Sunday church service such as this, on the other hand, can be very intimidating, especially for people who have never been to church before. And so when inviting someone to um, a connect group, it's a great place to start uh, when it comes to getting someone to come to church, be a part of our community. So to give you a few examples of what a connect group may look like, I run our young adults group, um, which is primarily for anyone ages 18 to 24. And over the last number of months, we've had events such as bowling. We had bowling, that was pretty fun. I did not get the high score. I know that's what you were thinking, but it's not. Um, and uh, we went to a board games cafe. We went to the rec room. And last night, we actually had a barbecue. And so uh, it was a lot of fun. 
So as we seek to serve the families of Lewis Farms, there's actually a large population of kids and youth. So not actually a ton of young adults. Um, however, with that being said, we have an amazing opportunity to still offer quality programming, quality um, events and all these activities for our young adults now. Um, and I believe we have a great opportunity to build a solid foundation um, by investing in our leaders, our current young adults, um, you know, making them future leaders and role models for this upcoming uh, group of kids and youth that will be brought up into young adulthood. Um, so we have a, a great opportunity and a, a lot of time to be able to do that effectively and uh, grow God's kingdom in Lewis Estates and uh, Rosenthal and Secord. Um, so that's a brief kind of overview of, of young adults and some of what I do. And so at this point, I'm actually going to invite uh, my mom to talk about uh, what she does with our seniors group. Hi, I'm Heather, <clears throat> and I am excited to tell you about what we're doing as a connect group for the seniors. Because you may think that when you're in high school or young adults age, you know, you maybe have some fears about church. Fear doesn't go away no matter what age you are. And resistance or bad experiences about church don't go away, you know, with age. So what we've done with the Connect group um, for seniors, it's group from age 65 to 105. If you're 60, we might let you in. We might check your ID at the door. But it's a fairly flexible age group. We've had some youth come. Uh, the Cullen kids come, so it's a good time. And we have lunch out in the foyer there that Kathy Jensen makes for us from her garden. So really healthy, hot soup, buns, gluten-free options. It's a good time. Dessert, coffee. And then what we have is we bring a speaker in. And the speaker is someone from, you know, save. there's a couple examples. Save on Foods, we've had a representative come in and talk about online grocery shopping. We've had an artist, a chef, a real estate person talking about how to prepare your house. Uh, before you sell it. <clears throat> so we try to bring in speakers that are interesting, but we've done something very unique. We've taken the common elements that maybe we're used to, so praying out loud, singing songs about Jesus, Bible study, maybe watching a video and talking about God. We've taken all those good, familiar elements and we've just set them aside. And in replacement of that, we've added this heartfelt hospitality, which is one of our values at West Meadows. And what we do is we have a welcome table, name tags. Um, we have a team of four ladies that help me, and we make sure people feel cared for and loved. We have door prizes. We have games. We try to make it a place that is comfortable for you as church family, but also some of you have spouses that don't want to come to church. They're resistant toward God or toward church. We want your spouse to feel like they can come and they can walk in the doors, which is scary enough sometimes, and then they can just have a good time in common language, good food, interesting speakers, and we want it to be a place that, like our values say, um, it creates a place of belonging that softens hearts, saturates lives. And so eventually, maybe your spouse or your friends, your neighbors will be curious about God and maybe take another step, maybe want to come to Sunday. And so that's, that's what the Connect Group is for the seniors. It's a good time. And we just, our team met, we planned out the whole next year. We've got some great speakers coming. So if you've never checked it out, come. We'd love to have you. Thank you so much. Thank you, group, for, for
for coming up and for sharing of the ministries that you've been involved in this past year. You see, all of these are examples where we're just, so, as Paul talked about, sowing seeds. Trying to, trying to build these relationships, make these initial connections, knowing that, that sowing the seed is just step one in a much longer process, which is the reality of engaging people in a Christ-based conversation these days. It starts with authentic relationship and building trust and relevance into their lives. We've had an opportunity to do that, and we've had expanding trust and, uh, and awareness in the world around us. Thank you so much for those things. But as we're grateful for the many, many volunteers, uh, resources, sacrifices of people who have been helping us to expand the kingdom of God and start to plant some of these seeds. And as important of a role as we all play in that, it's, remember, not about us. It's all about him because it's only made possible by the second thing that we see in this closing petition of the Lord's Prayer. It's only made possible by his power. See, his power is what animates all that we do and bears fruit in all of these ministries. We can't ignore that reality. Now, we all have a choice on how we're going to perceive the events that take place at our ministry events. We all have a choice how we're going to perceive the, the events in the world around us in our own lives. If we have a successful ministry, we have the opportunity to step back and go, hey, I, I, I planned that really well. I executed the plan to the best of my ability. We could say, hey, we funded that. We did all that. Or we could say, hey, hey we just got lucky. We just got lucky. It was the right thing on the right day, and we got lucky, and that's why it was a success. If someone accepts Jesus as, as, their, as their Lord and Savior, we get to say, well, I must be a pretty good talker. I, I must be pretty convincing. In what I delivered, I had the right words at the right time. If a person tithes and they receive back blessings at, in response to that, they get to say, yeah, yeah, it's coincidence. Or they could say, you know, that person over there knew I did, and they just wanted to make sure that, that I would continue, so they made sure I received a blessing in the end. But, but it wasn't God. We could believe all those things. We have these choices. We have these options to interpret the world around us through those lenses. Or we can allow ourselves to see the power of God at work in the world around us and in our lives. Now, some of us uh, go through a regular Bible reading plan. And there's one small book in the Old Testament you probably don't get to very often. But it's a book by the name of, of Zechariah. Now, Zechariah was, was a prophet who was born in exile during the time that Israel was in exile in Babylon. But he was also part of a group that had the opportunity to return to Jerusalem following the exile under the leadership of a guy named Zerubbabel. Zerubbabel, it's fun to say. So, Zerubbabel. And now, when they get back to Jerusalem after this exile, God gives Zechariah a message. It's a message that he has to deliver to the nation saying, guys, this is a time of renewal. This is a time of spiritual renewal for all the people. And along with that spiritual renewal, this is our opportunity to rebuild the temple that was destroyed like 70 years earlier when they were first conquered and taken into exile. And he's saying, guys, God will restore you. God will defeat your enemies. And we're not talking about just a little bit of restoration. We're talking full restoration of a nation here. But as often happens, the, the people of the day had a choice on how they are going to interpret what was happening around them. And they were plagued by questions. They were plagued by doubts. They thought, especially this temple project, are we going to be able to build this temple? Do we have the ability? Do we have the resources? Are we going to get halfway done and then kind of flounder and it's going to fall flat with a half-built temple? But Zechariah delivered a word from the Lord to remind the people of this. He says, this is the word of the Lord. 
not by might, not by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord Almighty. You see, these types of things cannot be accomplished through good planning alone. These types of things cannot be accomplished by just kind of forcing and willing it into existence or, or by, by chance, just happenstance, that things fell into place. You see, only by God's power could a project like that get off the ground, go as well as it did, and see itself to completion. But when the Spirit of God is with you, when the Spirit of God is with us, we are unstoppable. Not because of us, but because of him who is with us and working through us. Jesus said it himself this way when he says, what is impossible for man is possible with God. And this year we have seen the power of God at work in us and through us and around us here in this church. We have seen relationships restored in homes, in neighborhoods, and in families. We've seen people with physical health challenges that they're in doubt of not sure if they're going to make it through or not. And, and by God's hand and by his provision and power, they've returned to health. We've seen situations where God placed the right person at the right time with the right resource to step in and help somebody. You may recall back to our, our Mary matinee where there was that young, young girl with a hearing aid issue. And what are the odds that one of our volunteers had the right battery for that hearing aid at the right time and place? The power of God revealed in that. You see, God has been ordering events for people to apply to schools and be accepted with, with bursaries and, and blessings on top of that. People who needed employment, and he provided employment in his timing, but in between the need and the receiving of it, he provided for their needs in the in-between time. God's power has been revealed mightily through us this year. There are so many stories that we could share, but there's one in particular I want us to focus upon this morning as, as Luke comes up to share a little bit with us. There's one particular I want to reflect upon where we've seen God's power in an incredible way, and that's in the renovation of our children and family space. And Luke's going to share for a few minutes about that as well. Okay. This morning, uh, as I was thinking about this, uh, one of the things that I just thought of was God's power in, in this place. So if you've ever been in my office, you'll notice there's three pictures up way high on my wall, and it was when this land used to be farmland. So uh, the reason why they're up there is it reminds me of what God did when he brought the church from Meadowlark back. I brought them over here. And the foresight that he gave the congregation to know what would happen at Lewis Farms someday. And in that, as we've been great stewards of this building, uh, there are things that we've had to do. We knew we needed more family and kids space. Kids were kind of busting out of classrooms. The youth room was getting way too small, and we eventually needed to find that dead rat that was in the wall. Um, so it wasn't just the youth that made it smell. Um, so we needed new space. So in order to that, God knew we'd need a partner, and we'll get to that in a minute, but... Uh, we couldn't have achieved all we have with him. So first, uh, he brought these people. So uh, I am going to say some thank yous this morning. So if any of you know Gary and Lorraine Edwards, uh, Gary worked tirelessly. He was newly retired. He decided to take on this project and help us come alongside of us, drove in here every day, um, spent time with me every day as we worked through all those things. Um, he's in BC right now. Otherwise, I would make him stand up. But... 
Uh, we are very thankful for him. For Peter Dell, who uh, just jumped on the project with me as well and said, yep, we're going to do this. He organized all these things, made sure that you all had tacit demo crew. Um, for Jim Nixon, who even through health challenges was writing me emails from his hospital bed and saying, make sure you do this and check this and all of these kinds of things. To uh, Carrie Jackshaw and Max Hill, who both are amazing in their trades of electrical and uh, plumbing, being tenacious through this process. To Dave and Michelle Batke as they walked with us through this and all the things. Um, and a big shout out to our West Meadows maintenance team that meets on Tuesdays. I know that there were days you were tired. You didn't want to fill that dumpster one more time if I if we broke down one more wall, but you did. And then to all of you, whether you prayed for us, whether you helped fill a dumpster, whether you helped uh, take down a wall or rebuild, we are thankful for that. But God was in this project. There are many stories I could share with you, but I'm just going to share a couple with you this morning. So when we began this project, we met as a building team, and we said, okay, let's do this. So we bid it out. We had our bids. We were ready to go. We called our architect and said, let's do this, and he said, okay. And so he said, well, first let's, we got to submit for a development permit to the city and see how that goes. Okay, so we submit for the development permit. We're waiting, we're waiting, and then I get an email, and Jim Nixon gets an email, and it says, I don't know who has connections with the man upstairs, but we don't need a development permit. When you applied for out-of-school care years ago, we're gonna, the city's going to reuse that development permit. And I said, okay, fine, let's start doing the drawings then. Nope, they're going to take the drawings as is. You need to go down and apply for the building permit today. So that saved $20,000 for us, which God would know we would need, which I will get to in a minute. As we, re, as we rebid stuff, our orders for HVAC units came across somebody's desk, a district manager at Lenox. He calls Gary and says, I've decided that you have new pricing. So instead of one HVAC unit, which by the way, it takes 15 rooftop units to run this building, uh, instead of one, you can replace three for the same price. which also allowed a little extra money for a water heater because little two upstairs were leaking. We knew we'd have to replace them at some point. We decided that, you know, maybe not this project, you know. But Gary came to me and said, we got to do this. It's, it's getting to the point. He turns off the water heaters. We said, well, let's turn them off, see what happens. Turns them off, turns them back on, they don't start. Well, okay, I guess we're replacing those. Let's just say it took cranes to get those things off of the roof because there was so much sediment within them. So God knew that those things were happening. He knew we'd need the meals or need the um, hot water heater. Tuesdays, we had meals with our subcontractors. They were shocked. We told the fire guys that it was their third lunch because if you don't know anything, I didn't know this, fire sprinkler guys eat at 10 a.m. for lunch. So they got uh, another meal. But we had these conversations and got to learn about them and have seeds planted about what God did. And some of these contractors decided that they were going to lend us a hand. I had guys come to me and say, oh, by the way, our company has decided we're discounting the rate. 
oh, by the way, I'm donating every Friday this week because I can. One of the other things that happened was uh, for lights. So if you know anything about lights uh, in commercial buildings, they're not super cheap. So a two by two square is about 80 to 100 bucks. But commercial lighting knew we were looking. And they had someone back out. And they said, we'll sell you this whole palette, which happened to be the right size we wanted and the right color tone. We'll sell them to you for 40 bucks a piece. And then the, federal gov or then the government said, because you guys are doing all these lights, we'll, give, we'll pay for $20 a piece of them. So now we have enough lights to do not only the pods, our offices, and probably the kitchen that haven't been done in 25 years. So uh, the power of God is just so evident through this project. It's also very evident through our partners. I'm going to invite Ralph and Allison Bronkowski up from Global Aware Care. And uh, God knew, and they'll tell you in a minute, uh, that we'd need a partner to be able to pull off a renovation this size. They also are uh, members at Central Baptist, which is one of our sister churches. And so uh, we're going to let them share this morning about how God's been working. Hi, my name is Ralph, and uh, we're just so grateful to be able to share with you this morning and for the opportunity to uh, partner with you here at the church. Now, the real visionary behind all this is Alice, so I'm going to pass the mic on because you'll want to hear from her. Thanks. And I'd like to say that the real visionary of, of Global Aware Care and this partnership is really the Lord. And uh, Global Aware Care, actually, I was thinking about it, it actually began in Sunday school, where many good things happen. And what I mean by that was Ralph was teaching Sunday school with a, a friend of mine, and that friend knew that Ralph had been working with orphans in Romania, and I had been working with um, orphans in Romania. He he was working with the orphans in Costa Rica. So she thought we had a few things in common. Set us up on a blind date and we discovered that we had a lot in common and fast forward we got married, we started a family and began to realize it's not quite as easy to go and care for orphans in Romania and, and Costa Rica when you're married and starting a family. And so out of that, Global Aware Care began as an expression of a way to care for kids locally, but never forgetting the needs of children in other parts of the world. And as, uh, as Luke mentioned, we, we began at Ellerslie Road Baptist Church, we expanded to Central Baptist Church, and we are just so thrilled to have the opportunity to partner here with you, uh, here to meet the Lewis Farms families. And I have the privilege every day um, since we started in, in June of inviting families here to see this space, and they love it, and they think that it's so um, beautiful. And our hope and prayer with Global Aware Care is to give that opportunity for families to uh, pause in their lives and to come to church and that lo the Lord would do work in their hearts and minds as they do. Maybe they, they think they're coming for child care, but our prayer is that they would connect with the Lord, reconnect with the Lord. Um, one of my favorite stories is of, of a little boy who was um, at our Ellerslie location, and he told Ralph one day, he says, we go to church every Sunday. 
Now this little boy is a bit of a joker, and so so Ralph said to his father when he came to pick up, he said, oh, your son's saying that we go to church every Sunday. And, and dad says, we've been twice. And <laughs> but he went on to say, is actually we were members at a, at a different church, but just recently we've decided to start, to start coming more. So that's a, just a praise God story. Um, one more story about... Um, Global Aware Care is we have an opportunity. Many of the staff that work um, on our team are Christians. They're Christ followers, and they love to be able to work um, with a team that believes um, likewise. And the thing about that is it's a little bit contagious. And as Pastor Mark was sharing about Alpha, we have had some of our team um, attend Alpha, and so we're just excited for what um, the Lord is going to do. And already we're seeing just his amazing work here. And um, I just love your vision of inviting families um, here to West Meadows and um, developing authentic relationships. Uh, we, as, as mentioned, we've just started, so we only have about five, six, or seven children on any given day. And on Friday, the, the two and three-year-olds, they went out to the playground um, in, in the back. And on the way back in, they were smiling at Shelly, your office coordinator, saying, hi, Miss Allison, hi, Miss Allison. And Shelly told me afterwards, we were just laughing, the fact that it, it doesn't matter to them whether it's me or whether it's Shelly. I think that's, that's really what our heart and our goal is, is that there would be these authentic relationships and that children and families, when they come here, be it for child care, that the Lord would really open their hearts and minds. So thank you for the privilege it is to be able to reach the families in this community together. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. It's a great privilege to, to partner with you, and, and I'm so glad for this opportunity for you to not just share about your ministry and your organization, but also for, for all of you to, to meet Ralph and Allison, who are wonderful Wonderful people. Great. Well, as we've been hearing, God has been moving in ways as, as he knows what's coming up before we do and providing before we even know the need exists at times. And so we've seen God's power at work in our lives and in our church around here. And I wonder, is there a situation that you could allow yourself to see his power happening in, in the events of your life? Maybe you've chosen to, to say, no, nah, it was coincidence, or, or no, that, that, that was all me. But maybe, maybe you have a chance in a situation in your own life to step back and go, you know what? God showed up. And if you allow yourself to do that, it can be amazing the difference and the power that can make in your faith and in a relationship with him to give him credit and to give him glory for all of that. Because that's one thing that happens when we allow ourselves to see his power in the world around us is it leads us to give glory to him for his work. When we look back upon seasons of life and we can see how God has brought us along, it sometimes forms these milestone moments where, where we have a chance to glance back and see how much he did for us. And, and it leaves us in the sense of awe and wonder of going, no, why didn't I see it at that time? Why, why can I only see it in hindsight? But it's important to take those moments to look back, as we're doing a bit here today, to look back and see how he has helped us to expand the kingdom, how he has revealed himself in power this past year. And it can help us to grow our faith and help us have this sense of, you know what, if he showed up in the past, we can trust he's with us in the present, and he'll see us into the future. And one of those moments where we can pause and praise God and honor his glory 
is in the completion of different milestones in our lives. Now, I mentioned a few minutes ago this rebuilding of, of the second temple in Jerusalem that, that Zechariah had talked to the people about. Well, when they reached completion of that big project, you know, remember, they had questions, they had doubts, but now, here it was before them, this magnificent temple, this grand temple to and for and by God was in front of them. Now, to celebrate that great accomplishment, they, they held these dedication services, and in preparation for the dedication services, they wrote psalms of praise, these, these poetic praise poems. And, and one of them is, is found in Psalm 115 that, that opens with these words, not to us, Lord, not to us. It's not about us, God, not to us, but to your name be the glory because of your love and because of your faithfulness. Again, this idea, it's not about us, it's about you, Lord. Remember, it's about you. And there's one important milestone that we want to take time to remember here today as we come to the end of not just a ministry season, but also the end of a school year. And it's the graduation of our grade 12 students. And so I want to invite Andrew to come up here with me. And uh, he's going to take a moment to, uh, to speak for a bit about this important milestone in these young people's lives. All right, so... We have two graduates from grade 12, and I'm going to invite them to come and join me on stage. So if you guys can come up here, don't worry, you don't have to talk. Um, I'm going to do all of that. Yay. Um, so I just got a few things to share about them. I've only been here a short while, and they've been here a lot longer than I have. Um, so I don't know them terribly well, but what I have learned about them is uh, that they are both amazing young man and woman. Um, and so uh, I really see great passions and skills that God has blessed them with, and God continues to develop them in their godly manhood and godly womanhood. And so some of you here have had many, much time with them, um, the grads, uh, and you've fed into them and made them into who they are today as well. Um, God is working, but God is also working through all of you here. And so as we are part of a family here, um, as they take this next step into the next stage of life, they enter the congregation proper, basically. They've been there for a while, but now they're no longer considered youth. They're adults now. They're entering. They're there with us now. They're, they're our peers. Um, and so it's exciting. You guys are welcomed. You're part of the family totally. Don't feel that you're younger just because you're younger. You're just like Timothy. You're welcomed. You're blessed. You will grow in this too. Um, so we just have something that will help you grow in this. Um, Mark, so the gray, silver one is for Josh, and the gold one is for Kier. Um Spoiler alert, they're Bibles. Um, <laughs> is it Lego? Yeah, right. Oh, no, not Lego, but you can build a solid foundation with that. Um, so um, we didn't just choose any Bibles, because um, typically, at least when I grew up, youth Bibles were kind of goofy and made you feel kind of like a kid when you were opening them up in services and stuff. So these are specific for you guys. Um, I know that you have different passions, and so you have a passion for lyrics and music and production. There's space in that Bible for you to let that flow. If you're inspired with scripture, just write in it. There's space created there for you to journal in that as well. Um, and for Kara, you're so gifted artistically. Um, that is filled with hopefully good art. I'm not a judgment of that, but everybody online that talked about that Bible, said that it was good art. So hopefully that art throughout the scripture will be able to inspire you and spark that creativity that God has blessed you with. Um, so that's, those are those Bibles. They're different translations, both good. Um, neither of them are King James, though. Sorry. If that's a bad thing, then sorry. <laughs> um, so how can we 
help them moving forward? Um, what are their next steps? So for the summer, they're both going to be working, making some money. Um, uh, one already has a job, one is looking for a job. And so if you have a job that an 18-year-old man could do, here's one for you. Um, so uh, so that's, that's what the next steps for both of them. Uh, fall, Josh can, uh, plans to continue working for a year to build up some funds, and then hopefully in the next fall, uh, enter Nate for the radio, television production, and broadcasting program. Um, so that or some audio production stuff, he's got multiple passions, but that's the area he really feels God's blessed him with some talents with. Um, and for Kara, she's entering her first year at McEwen next year, which is super exciting. She got a huge scholarship, and so that's one of those blessings that God has bestowed upon us here at West Meadows. Um, and so that's awesome. It's a bachelor design program, and so um, it's kind of along the same lines of gifting and creativity, right? So I uh, have a prayer that I want to share that I've written. Um, so if we can all just gather, this is a congregational thing. Um, it includes you. So uh, just please pray with me. Lord, we come to you with gratitude and awe. You are so great and so powerful. You hold the whole world in your hand, and you allow us to come to you in such a way as this and with words that could never fully express your magnificence. Lord, we know that you are the author of our lives, and we thank you for Josh and Kira and for blessing them with the determination and necessary skills to graduate from high school. This accomplishment is not small, Lord, and we celebrate this today, and we all want to lift them both up to you now and ask that you give them each day what they will need to remain in you and all they need to pursue your glory. Bless them as they enter their workforce. Let them to become leaders and beacons for you in all that they do. Lead them into deeper relationship with you and as they grow in you, lead them into authentic relationships with those they encounter, that your love may be revealed to others and the world. As they enter this new stage of life, may they have clarity of call and purpose in their lives, Lord. We all get busy and allow pressures in our life to change the rhythms that we've established with you. Help them to create a strong rhythm and time with you daily, even in the busy seasons of life. As their family, Lord, we recognize that we can also be helpers to them and supports for them. Help us to know how to not only celebrate them today, but into the future. It's easy to pray words, Lord. Help us to put them into action. Help us to know how we can allow their new realities to be portions that we support in our lives. Bless them this day, Lord. Amen. One more thing. Next page. Yeah, no, not a novel. Um, and so, going along with that prayer, what are the ways that we can uphold them in prayer right now? They've both given me a couple things. Um, so for Josh, continued clarity on future aspirations and goals and also finding a job. Um, so both of those things, you can just add those into your regular prayer life. That would be awesome just to support Josh in that way. And for, Ki for Kiera, um, continued time of rest um, as she's come through a busy season, going into work, but is gonna enter a really busy season. The design program is highly intensive and heavy on the workload. So just that she can rest in the Lord and, and have that time also with family this summer. 
two ways that you can support them. Thanks. Thank you. Let's congratulate them. You know, and this is just one example of those milestones when we come to. We have opportunity to look back, and, and I'm sure each of their lives they can look back and they can see where God showed up at the right time in the right place with the right resource. And that can lead them to worship him, to honor his glory for his presence in their lives. Perhaps you have the same thing in your life with, with perhaps the transition from, from one program to another, with finding the, the right somebody that you can spend a lifetime with, the birth of a child, the birth of a grandchild, transition into retirement. These different stages of life and things that happen are opportunities to look back to see where God revealed himself and to give him praise and glory for those things. And that's how we want to end our service here today, with an opportunity for each of us to respond in gratitude for what he's done. Perhaps there's a story that somebody shared from the platform here today Perhaps as you were listening to these different ideas of the kingdom being expanded, his power being revealed, his glory being honored, you thought of an example in your own life. Well, I want to call you at this point to, to join me in a word of prayer and to reflect upon that. If you haven't got one, to spend some time reflecting now to find that example that can motivate you for the purpose of singing praise and worship to God. And that's how we're going to end our service with a bit of an extended worship set. And, uh, and as you think about what that motivation for your worship and praise is, that event in your life or in the church around us, I want to invite you if you would stand with me in a word of prayer as the worship team comes back to join us. Heavenly Father, in this place, in our lives, in the world around us, we have seen your kingdom expanded. We thank you, Lord, for you have used the people of this church to plant seeds, to establish relationship, to share the good news of Jesus Christ to share love, to share opportunities to extend grace, opportunities to share a word of truth in love so that we could all individually, collectively, and those around us could align our lives, our hearts, our minds more in order with the things of you, Father, because it's all about you. God, we praise you that you've used us, that you've given us a mission to expand the kingdom of God. We thank you for empowering us, that your power is present around us and in us and through us. We see it in our lives, Lord. Help us to have eyes to see it, Lord, to see it clearly what you are doing in us and around us. God, that we would be able to have stories that we could share with those that we encounter, that we could come together in fellowship to share those great stories of your power and presence, that those would be our testimonies that would draw people in the world around us to say, hey, I need some of that in my life. I need to grow deeper with Jesus in my life. And Lord, that these would be the motivations by which we praise and glorify your name. Because God, at the end of the day, it's not about us. You use us, you love us, you redeemed us. But it is only by the power of Jesus Christ. It is only by your glory that you receive all honor, Lord. And we now lift up our voices in praise. We lift our voices in song to praise and to glorify you, Lord, for the great things you have done. Lord, may you be honored with our sacrifices and with our worship of you this day, we pray.